0: Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 45. I usually see that the guys, most guys typically fall on two ends of this spectrum. Usually, guys are on one side to where they feel like they got it, they don't have to learn anything else, they're good, and they're kind of walking around and dancing with this ego that they're really, really, really super good dancers. And then you see a bunch of guys on the other side of the spectrum who are not as confident, pretty shy, um, beat themselves up and let the, the fear and the uncertainty of their lead and wanting to improve, affect their dancing. And you want to find a balance between both of those guys. This is something that I have struggled with a lot over the years. Welcome to the dance your heart on fire podcast the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance the universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world we want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories insights and ideas to enhance your journey join us now with your host charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast coming at you with another episode. As you can see in the title, I'm going to be sharing eight tips for my Kizomba leads out there who are at different stages in their learning and growth as Kizomba dancers. In this podcast, I wanted to share some tips with you that I've learned across my journey that is still going Sharing some tips that if I could go back in time, I would definitely tell myself as I started to learn Kizomba. And I'm sharing these tips with you guys to kind of share my journey and kind of tips and quotes and experiences that have helped shape my lead thus far. And the goal for that is for you guys to take that information that experience, um, my frustrations, my faults, my lessons learned to apply to your dancing so you don't have to go through the same struggles and you're able to really improve your lead and grow your lead and get as much satisfaction and growth out of your kizomba as possible. Um, It's my goal to kind of inspire and and motivate you guys and encourage you guys. So this is the motive for today's podcast. It's just going to be me And you today. And this goes out to my ambi leads as well. For those of you who are learning how to lead and follow, especially those of you here in the US, um, this is for you as well to share my insights. And I hope you guys take a lot of value out of today's podcast without further ado. Let's go ahead and jump into the first tip. First tip is going to be increase your self-awareness. Um, towards the beginning of the year, I did a podcast on how to increase your self awareness in your dancing, and I have a series of questions here to ask yourself to know exactly what is it that you want to do with dance you know um you have to ask yourself why is it that you're dancing? what kind of satisfaction do you derive out of your dancing? Do you like meeting the new people? Do you like traveling? do you like challenging yourself? is it one of those things It is a combination of those things. I feel like finding your why is really important and acknowledging that one. So that way you can continue to find what is it that you like about dancing. And so you don't lose sight of that. Sometimes we don't ask ourselves those questions and we just kind of show up to different dance functions and show up for private lessons. Sometimes we get lost and we forget why we started in the first place. What is your learning style? I think sometimes leads run into a lot of frustrations because they don't know exactly what's the best way that they learn. Or if you find an instructor that really caters to the way of your thinking, um, definitely continue to follow that instructor. Um, Don't get discouraged because you can't find an instructor that really caters to your learning style or find an alternative. Like find out if you are a visual learning, if you're more audio and if you're able to communicate how you learn to the instructor, hopefully that instructor is able to cater his teaching style to maximize your learning potential. What elements in the dance inspire you? What elements of the dance discourage you? There are all different types of ways to show up in the dance scene. I think it's really important to know what exactly gives you that euphoric feeling that we all know in dance and find ways to hone in on that and find the things that also discourage you and avoid those things. Um, I hate it when I see people and leads that have lots of potential into the dancing, but for one reason or another, they get discouraged or they get bored and then they step out of the scene. And I feel like as much work as we're trying to do here, especially in the US to grow, to get you curious about Kizoma and we kind of lose you in that regard to becoming a Kizomba addict because you get discouraged. So discouragement, we can't avoid that, but I feel it's important to, if you know what discourages you, don't put yourself in those kind of environments, you know? Also, I think it's also important to know what is your... Go with dancing? How much time are you willing to invest? How much money are you willing to invest? How much energy are you willing to invest into your dancing? There is no right or wrong answer, but I think it's really important to know exactly how much you're willing to, to put forth into your dancing, to grow your dancing. And I'm pretty sure you guys have heard me say before in previous podcasts that it's really awesome to see how dance puts you on this path of like self-discovery. And with that self-discovery, I think it's really important to find out who you are. And I feel like dance is one of those ways to definitely expedite that process versus what your nine to five job may or may not be. Um, But, yeah, I feel like the more you are able to enhance your dance journey, the more you're able to get personal satisfaction and personal growth out of that. Jumping into tip number two. Don't underestimate the power of solid basics. I did a podcast with Nemanja not too long ago, who was an instructor out of Estonia. I got the chance to meet him at the Vegas Kizoma Festival earlier this year. In that podcast, he shared a quote that has stayed with me till today, and I've used it a lot in my workshops. And that quote is the basics are the first thing that you learn and the last thing that you master. And that has stuck with me for the last couple of months now. And I think it's going to stay with me for the next couple of years because you are always polishing your basics and the basics help you propel you into higher, more intermediate and advanced footwork moves, concepts, patterns, what have you. You know, I think it's really important to revisit your basics as you push your comfort zone with more advanced movement. I think it is it doesn't serve you to only focus on the advanced movement without revisiting your basics. And I know it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound cool. But even with myself, um, over four years of of dancing Kizoma, I still find myself really becoming aware of like my weight shifting, even in basic one, basic two, my saidas. Um, It's really, really enlightening to know that you're strengthening your basics. At the same time, it helps you implement more advanced movement there is no shortcut around that i also believe that as you continue to mature and as you continue to grow as a leading kizoma you're going to realize that it really isn't so much about the quantity of moves that you know it's really going to be based on the quality of your movement if you can do both that's awesome It's important to have a good set of moves, you know, but to think that you need to learn a thousand moves to become a good Kizomba lead. When in actuality, if you have a good set of maybe five to ten moves, but you're able to lead those moves super well, super confidently, super musically, you can become a very good lead. So. My advice to my previous self would definitely be to focus more so on the quality of the movement and not so much on the quantity and focusing on the quality of the movement. I feel inspires more creative improvisation to create new moves. So focusing on that quality guys is definitely going to help you propel your dancing. Tip number three is going to be practice with a purpose. And this is where I see a lot of leads, I guess, kind of not follow through. I see so many leads in my workshops. I see so many leads at these festivals, uh, leads that take privates with me and they're willing and they're hungry in that one hour or however long I'm with them to really learn and get that movement down. But taking privates by themselves and not following through with practice is almost like not even is almost a waste of time and money. I feel with proper practice is going to be so crucial to your development. And the reason why I say practice with a purpose, because myself before I said, okay let's get together and practice. And I have my practice partner, but there wasn't really an objective. What are we focusing on? What are we trying to improve? I feel like it's really important to focus on technique all right, this I'm going to work on my basic one. I'm going to work on my saídas. I'm going to work on my shuffle steps or something particular to make that smooth. I think it's important to separate those kind of drills and then also separate and give yourself creative, quote unquote, sandbox time to where you really get to test your creativity and test your musicality doing different moves I struggle with that a lot when I was learning of like getting everything kind of jumbled into one. But um, the advice that I give to a lot of leads is to separate those two. Be technical, focus on that, focus on your basics. And then on the flip side, also give yourself some fun time to kind of really become yourself in your dancing and and give yourself that purpose when you're practicing. With that being said, I think it's really important to have several practice partners. I have several practice partners that I practice with especially since I don't have an official partner. But I feel like having several practice partners allows you to at least get some practice in when one of them is traveling or sick or can't make it that week for whatever reason. You have backup partners. If you're able to meet with several practice partners a week or per month, I think is really important. I like having multiple practice partners so you're able to test your lead with different follows and really make sure that you're able to lead certain movement with, with different follows. It's one thing to be used to leading a particular girl and having that girl get acclimated to you versus leading a girl who really isn't familiar with your style. Are you able to be clear to a follow who doesn't necessarily know your style like the back of her hand? And so I feel like dancing with multiple practice partners helps you kind of have that perspective of being able to adapt Um, As you become a better and better lead, the more you're going to be able to compensate and adapt with different types of follows. I think it's also important to understand with practicing with the purpose, your mental capacity limits in the dance. We kind of have three main focus areas. We have to be aware of ourselves. We have to be aware of our partners and we have to be aware of what's going on with the music. And many times. In my workshops, if I throw, okay, focus on yourself, focus on your frame, focus on your footwork, focus on your follow and her weight and where her weight is. And then on top of that, focus on the music. A lot of guys, they can't handle all that information all at once. This is why it's so, so, so important to practice. So that way, once you are more confident with your basics by yourself, that is one less thing. It doesn't take up so much mental capacity to operate you by yourself. With that added space of mental capacity, you're then able to focus on your partner as you focus more on your partner and you practice more with your partner, the easier it becomes. And then now you create more space in your mind and you're able to focus on the music. I think it's so, so, so important. And I feel like a lot of guys limit themselves because they're not practicing on their own and then Their mental capacity is always full without being able to juggle those three main focus areas and it shows in their dancing. You know, in some of my previous podcasts, we talked about the four stages of learning from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence, conscious competence and unconscious competence. And this is a cycle that you're going to be repeating over and over again in your dancing. It's one thing to be aware of the things that you need to do, and the things that you want to do. And it's one thing to kind of reach a stage where it's so effortless. It doesn't take up that much mental capacity. And you are doing these things by second nature. I think it's so important. And my last note. My last tip here on the practicing with the purpose is to record yourselves. It is so, 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 so imperative to record yourself because as a lead, guys, you have to realize that you are completely blind to how your lead looks if you're not recording yourself. And recording myself has uncovered so many things that I realized that I'm doing that I wasn't aware of, Uh, where my foot is placing, my posture, my posture where my frame is. And so many things are uncovered by reviewing the videos of yourself. I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but I will highly recommend opening up a Dropbox or a Google Drive account to save these videos over time. Invest in a camera that has a separate memory card. So you're not always trying to depend on the memory of your phone to record all your videos. Uh, I myself, I bought a DSLR camera for recording lots of video and I have an SD card that's a 128 gigs so I can record tons of video and I'm able to review that and I have a Dropbox folder that has my training videos for my practice partners and then also solo practice and it helps grow your dance so much. Tip number four. Find 100 percent Kizoma only socials and dance with everyone. Socials are a great, great way to kind of test your lead and get that repetition that's needed to push your lead to new levels. It's one thing to work on your lead by yourself or with your practice partner. But like I said, the true test of your lead is going to be able to lead different follows comfortably And clearly through what it is that you want to do. I go to a lot of Kizoma socials. Usually I'm dancing nonstop at these socials and it's crazy to see the leads who have come out and invested time. They've invested money. They've invested energy to come and learn. But then they don't apply that. At the social if you don't dance at the socials, you're not going to get to that point to where it's repetition It's like practicing with a purpose social dancing is def- a perfect practice uh, place for you to get that repetition in so that way the the simple things don't take up so much mental capacity anymore. And try to dance with as many different follows as you can. This is super important because you want to be adaptable. Uh, I tell my follows this all the time. You don't want to get used to just one particular style or anything like that. You want to be adaptable. You want to be able to adapt to different leads. And the same thing for the leads. You want to be able to adapt to different follows and be able to listen to them and treat each dance, each connection uniquely and adapt to that particular person, that particular girl and that particular dance. I still feel that 100 percent Kizoma only socials are aren't as common here in the U.S. So I feel it's important to seek those out and take advantage of those, especially if you have a live DJ where you have kizomba after back to back Kizomas that are mixed consistently throughout the night versus one kizomba song. And you stop dancing multiple songs with one person also helps you increase your connection and get into that flow and groove and really help mature your leading your dancing let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors have you been looking to level up your kizomba but you don't have the local instructors to take you there are you looking for something concrete to practice with your kizomba partner or are you looking for kizomba lessons that you can take on your schedule and the comfort of your home if you answered yes to any of these questions, look no further. learn to kidscom is what you need. Progressive, step-by-step lessons that you can take at your pace in the comfort of your home or anywhere with a solid internet connection on your PC, Mac, or any smartphone. New videos are added every month. You can try this awesome resource out 30 days free at learn slash podcast. After the 30 days free it's only a low $15 per month. But again, the special offer for the Dance Your Heart on Fire listeners, 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. You won't find this offer anywhere else. learntokids.com slash podcast. And now back to our show. Tip number five, seek out and appreciate the feedback from your follows. As I was saying in the tip of practicing with a purpose to record yourself, because sometimes you can be completely blinds into how your lead looks and how your posture looks and things like that. I think it's also important for a lead to realize that he's completely blind to how his lead feels. Your perception of what is heavy and what is light completely is, is, isn't is always gonna match up with a lot of people. I myself, when I go to Europe each time, I find that I have to lighten up my lead so much. But it's, it's, it just helps kind of recalibrate my lead and make sure that I'm paying attention to the follow. I'm not using unnecessary force to, to accomplish the moves and the patterns and the steps that I'm trying to do. It's really important to have a friendly, helpful follow be the mirror of your leads so you can see it and you can polish it to a higher level. If you take a look at all of the, the leads, top tier leads that we have in the world, they did not get to that status without a follow by their size, helping them polish their lead over and over and over. So super, super important to appreciate the feedback from the follows, even if it's from day one. Um, I had this one quote that said the feedback that you get from a follow is just as important on day one as it is on day 1000. Just because you are a more advanced lead doesn't mean that you don't need feedback from follows anymore. I seek out that follows even at this stage in my dancing, and it just helps polish your lead so much more and pick up on little intricacies and subtleties that you weren't aware of before. Tip number six, being present. This is something that did not come as easy to me over time. And. For those of you that have been following me around for a bit, you guys remember when I did a survey on the love languages and I wanted to see what love languages were common among kizombetos or those people who had fallen in love with the dance. And the top two love languages that I have found were physical touch and also quality time. I think quality time Is something that I did not appreciate as much when I first started dancing Kizoma, but now I can realize the importance and the power of being present in the moment. And with that quality time, just having somebody's one on one undivided attention for five, 10, 15, 30 minutes, however long that dance is, is something that's super rare in our society. And I feel like Kizoma is one of those few places where we can go and really soak in their quality time with another person. And I feel like the first step into being able to connect with somebody and being present is like just being willing to. And that takes, again, some self-awareness and also being willing to connect with another person on that level. One of the quotes that have stuck with me over the years was from a private lesson that I took with Jao Rocha. who was an instructor uh, in Spain and he mentioned the subtlety of dancing at the bottom of your breath. And this was because I found myself not breathing in my dancing because you're getting nervous and you're thinking about it a lot. And then sometimes we forget to breathe. And I feel like the breath is the connection between your mind and your body. So if we have a calm mind and a calm breath, then we can have a calm body and that's allowing us to be super smooth and connected and picking up on the little subtle things with our dance partners. Another quote that kind of enhances this is like the dance is what happens in between the steps. So yes, everybody can do the same steps, the saídas, shuffle steps, syncopations, what have you, but what's going to give you your own unique flow I feel is the energy that you bring to the dance. I feel being willing to be present with another person definitely enhances and opens up the door to amazing connections that you can have on the dance floor. Tip number seven is definitely going to be taking care of your personal hygiene, guys. I can't stress that enough. I still get a lot of comments and say things like that um, from the ladies about guys that aren't taking this seriously or aren't taking it to the level that they can strive to smell as good as possible. So that means taking care of your breath, brushing your teeth, mints. Gum, mouthwash, go overboard. I don't think you'll be sorry. Making sure that you have a good smelling cologne or essential oil or something, some scent that'll be nice and fresh clothes. So that means don't come to a Kizoma social after you've been to the gym already. Put on a fresh pair of clothes and the ladies will appreciate it so much. I think once you are able to smell good, then that just opens up the door for the lady to be able to relax and really, truly connect with you in the dance. And my final tip here for you guys is going to be finding a balance between confidence and humility. I usually see that the guys, most guys typically fall on two ends of this spectrum. Usually guys are on one side to where they feel like they got it, They don't have to learn anything else. They're good. And they're kind of walking around and dancing with this ego that they're really, really, really super good dancers. And then you see a bunch of guys on the other side of the spectrum who are not as confident, pretty shy, um, beat themselves up and let the the fear and the uncertainty of their lead and wanting to improve, affect their dancing. And you want to find a balance between both of those guys. This is something that I have struggled with a lot over the years. Um, You can't dance beating your chest, kind of like with this confident bravado, if you will. And you also can't dance with your tail in between your legs. You have to realize that there's always going to be something to improve in your dancing, but you have to put your best foot forward each time. Your comfort zone is going to continuously shift as you grow as a lead. So you are never arrive to this one destination. So love the process of continual growth to keep learning and things like that and know that that's normal. Bring your best. At that particular point in your dancing, um, own where you're at, but then also always be humble to continue to learn and be a student. I remember taking a private lesson with Felicien, uh Felicien and Isabel. And one of the things that he noticed in my dancing is that I was dancing as if I had to prove something. And so he told me, stop dancing like you have to prove something. And that stuck with me over the years. And over the years, I've also been reading different books and things like that to kind of become a better instructor. Um, one of these books is called The Practicing Mind by Thomas Stirner. And a quote in that book was that has stuck with me over the year was art is infinite. And in the book, he was talking about learning the piano. But any particular art um, from dancing to singing to writing to playing a musical instrument is going to be an infinite. um, The human expression is infinite. So there's always going to be improvement. There's always going to be something to grow upon, you know. And I feel like we're never going to arrive. And and that's why the quote of it it being infinite is kind of really, um, it really changes your perspective of trying to get to a particular destination versus hunkering down on the process of continuing to improve and growing your craft. And on that note, that will wrap up our podcast. I really hope the leads found value in these lessons. and and quotes that I have that have stuck with me over the years. And I hope that you guys come back to this podcast when you're feeling a little discouraged or come back to this podcast when you feel like your ego is coming up unnecessarily. I hope that you guys are able to share this podcast with your friends and I really hope it enhances your growth. I hope you guys learn from my lessons and struggles and we'll see you guys in the next podcast. If you have any comments or stories that you'd like to share with me, I'm all ears. You can send me an email at charles at neokizomba.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey.